Welcome all to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast. At KO, we endeavor to advance God's kingdom one life at a time. So, I pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will help you be encouraged. Here is this week's message. Okay, praise God. So, my objective in this series is uh, to help believers understand biblical principles about giving. Biblical principles about giving. So for my note takers, I'm going to share three things this morning uh, just to get us going. Uh, When you submit your finances to the kingdom of God, you take a step of maturity in faith. When you submit your finances to the kingdom of God, you take a step of maturity. See, maturity is not about an age. It's not about how old you are. Mature people, amen, is, is, not, uh, is not regulated by your age or how old you are. Maturity is based on your growth, amen, your kingdom growth, because I've seen some immature older people and some wise younger people and vice versa. And I'm not saying that older people, we have wisdom we can share with younger people just for being on the earth. Just because I've been here longer, I have some natural wisdom I can share just for existing longer than you. But that doesn't mean I'm wiser than you. But if I got the word of God, amen, coupled with my age, huh, you better listen. <laughs> yeah, so when you submit your finance to the kingdom of God, you take a step of maturity and faith. And you also demonstrate your faithfulness to God. That's number one. Number two, when what is important to God, this is, this is, this is revelation, y'all. I know this, this is real deep right here. When what is important to God becomes important to you, then what's important to you will become important to God. You like that? So when what is important to God becomes important to you, then what's important to you will become important to God. God's request for a financial seed, this is number three, God's request for a financial seed is always for your benefit. Say always. When God requests a financial seed, it's always for your benefit. God doesn't need a dollar in heaven. Are you hearing me? He doesn't lead, he he doesn't operate on our financial system. This economic system that's in the earth was created for man and for us. This is not God's system. God's system is what I'm going to talk about. Amen. God has a different economic system for his people. For his people, amen, which is you, you and I who named the name of the Lord, he has a different economic system. You know, my wife and I, we often share with our partners here at, King, at Kingdom Life uh, is that we're in your life to give you advantage, not take advantage. Amen. We're in your life to give advantage, not take advantage, meaning if you've been a partner uh, with my wife and I in the Kingdom Life Church for any amount of time, your life should have increased. Your life should have progressed. It doesn't matter how long you've been here. If you're truly connected to my wife and I, and you're following us, as Carl said on last week, your life should increase automatically. Why? Because of connection. Just for being here. If it's not, amen, then you have to look around and find out what's going on. You have to look and see what is going on. So, you know, uh, you know, one of our models is that we advance God's kingdom one life at a time. We're advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. So to advance means to cause to move forward. When we advance your life, we advance the kingdom. Your life advancing is advancing the kingdom life or the kingdom of God. It also uh, is an aid uh, for growth and progress to advance. It's also an aid for growth and progress. If 
To advance means to progress. I should be progressing in my life. Amen? Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. Amen. Okay. Romans chapter 12. Amen. We're going to read verse 1 and 2. This is the, uh, I'm reading out the KJV. Y'all reading out the in, in, in KJV, and that's fine. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you, pres- that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's your reasonable service is just to present your body as a living sacrifice. Hold on. We're talking about the power of the seed, Pastor. And you read Romans again? Yes. I told you already. We can actually read Romans 12, 1 through 2 for every single series until Jesus come back. Because this is one of the most important scriptures that any one of us could read or really to uh, let this saturate ourselves once we come into the kingdom of God. Because this is the next step for us as believers. And so many believers are not walking in their best life, or living their best life or walking in the best, best that God can have for them because their, their mind is not renewed. That's where you get the term carnal Christians, lukewarm Christians. You understand? It's like, wow, we got all these, why we just can't be Christian? You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's not Christ-like. Ooh, it got real quiet in here. Because that's what Christian mean, Christ-like. So when I say I'm a Christian, then you should see what follows me is my Christ-likeness. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So, so verse 2 says this, and do not be or be not conformed to this world. The world has already taught us how to live in it. The world is constantly trying to teach us how to live in its world. But the Bible tells us as believers that we're not of the world, even though we're... Okay. Y'all hear what I'm hearing over here? Okay, I just want to make sure I'm hearing this by myself because, you know what I'm saying, I just want to make sure. We're not in it. We're not in it. I mean, we're in it, but we are not of it. Let me come talk to you. How y'all doing? Yeah. Yeah, yes, we're in this world, but we're not of it. But at the same time, the world wants to form us. The world wants to shape and mold us. The world wants to control our life through its principles. The world wants us to follow it. And so that's why so many people are not changed or transformed because their mind is not renewed. And they still say, I'm saved. And that's fine because we know it's a process. It's a process as well, but don't say you've been saved for 10 years, 15 years, and then you're still living the same. At some point, we need to grow, right? Can we all agree that we should grow? I mean, if a baby stayed a baby, you think it's a problem. Doc, I had this baby five years, and she ain't walking yet. He ain't walking yet. They're, they're still a baby. They're not growing. We would think that's a problem. So why don't we think it's a problem to come to church, hear all these messages, but yet stay the same? When, when are we going to change? When are we going to begin to grow and embrace what the Word of God is saying about our life? When, when is that going to take place? Because you should not be in the same place you were last year. I'm not talking about your finance. I'm talking, I'm talking about your house. I'm not talking about your big car. I'm not talking about your fancy clothes. I'm talking about your life. Talking about your character. I'm talking about your integrity. I'm talking about the way you love, the way you give, the way you forgive. Talking about growth in you, in you. Amen. So the world 
uh, has a system. The world uh, has conditioned us even to view pastors in a certain way, to view the church in a certain way. The world has threw all the church and all the pastors in one little bucket and said, you know, this is what pastors are like. This is what they want. This is what the church want. This is what they're, they're going to do. I mean, it's, it's in, a, in an unfavorable way. I'm talking about the world. I'm talking about society as a whole. There has not been more disrespect for the church that, that you know what I'm saying, that I've seen in this time. Are you hearing me this morning? Okay. I guess I'm alone with that. Nobody else see it. Yeah. We've been conditioned in our heart to rebel against the things of God. Conditioned in our heart to rebel against the things of God. Carl said that on last week. The Bible is instructing us to unlearn what the world has taught us. We have to unlearn what the world has taught us to experience kingdom. To experience kingdom, we need to unlearn what the world has taught us. So verse 2, or, or, or the second part of that verse says, but be ye transformed. We read it first, it says, be not conformed. Verse 2 again, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know why your mind needs to be renewed? Because some of you could think all the pastor wants is my money. You've been conditioned. All the church wants is my money. Not all Walmart, Walmart wants is your money. No, all Wawa want is your money. I know they be getting mine because I get that coffee. No, I know why I'm going to Wawa. You understand? I know I'm going to break off some. I don't walk in there expecting to grab a cup of coffee and leave. But we expect to come sit and hear the word. Eat this word. Eat this good meal. Come on, you getting entrees. You understand? You get all your proteins. You get vitamins. You get all your minerals. You get a well-balanced meal here. But yet, you're going to get up and leave. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They are mismanaging your money. They are only in it for the money. I'm talking about the things we hear in the world. The things we hear in the world. And I'm not saying there's not corrupt leadership in the, in the five-fold ministry gift, because it is. Just like it's corrupt people in the world. Corrupt people are everywhere. <laughs> you understand? Come on, look at your own life. And if you could, if you could be out of the will of God, you understand? Then somebody can view you the same way you view somebody else. So not because, don't, don't put me on a pedestal or nobody because, you understand, that we're pastors. Yes, I definitely should live a certain way and be an example, which I endeavor to be all the time. A one-woman man, amen. That was my testimony 28 years ago, though. But now I am. Why? Because I got the scripture. The scripture told me I should have one wife. Because if I listen to the world, I have more than one. Think about it. A wife, chicks on the side, everything. Shoot, why not? I'm in the kingdom now, though, so the kingdom standard is higher than what I received in the world. Can we agree with that? Okay, just want to make sure I'm in the house. Amen. Yeah, but that's erroneous thinking. That's erroneous thinking. So the second part of that verse says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God uses the handling of money as a test to see where our priorities and our loyalties lie. Let me say it again. God uses the handling of money as a test. 
to see where our priorities and our loyalties lie. Y'all ready? Let's go ahead. Let's go from the beginning. According to Genesis chapter 2, we understand that before any institution of the law came, God had some prior commands. God had some prior commands even before the law came. We're going to read that in uh, Genesis chapter 2. Now, the law is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Don't that sound like a song? Somebody sung it just now. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Yeah, I know. Somebody was singing it with me. Amen. Yes, but those are the first five books of the Bible or the books of Moses or the books of the Torah or the books of the law. The first five books are the books of the law, but prior to the law coming out, here is God in Genesis chapter 2 making some statements. So he had some prior commands. So let's look at that in verse 16. Verse 16 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it, eat of it. Listen, pay attention to eat, eat. Eat, <laughs> eat. The day that you eat of it, you shall what? Surely die. Some may, some may attest that, that Adam didn't die in a day. I will attest that he did. Adam only lived to be 900 and some years old. You know, a day is as a thousand years with the Lord and a thousand years is as a day. So really, Adam lived one day and he died. It was only one day. Yeah, so God has given instructions to the first man, Adam, related to what he can eat. Letting them know all these other trees of the garden do not, you can eat from all of them, but this one right here, I don't want you to touch it. He told him exactly what he shouldn't eat and what he should eat. And the one that he shouldn't eat or shouldn't eat, it belongs to who? What else? Who else? Are y'all reading with me? All right. Okay, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. He shouldn't eat because it belongs to God. It belongs to the Lord. So was, was he telling him that he could not eat it all? Thank you, class. He was not saying that he couldn't eat it all. He was letting him know, don't touch what belongs to me. Have you ever been in a home? And I know I have. I grew up with my father and my mother in a home, and we had dinner. And I, and I can remember distinctly, you know, my mom you know, the food that was for my father, I could not touch. We was five of us in the house. You can't eat your daddy's food. I'm talking about it. I don't know how it is today, you understand? But back in the day, come on, say back in the day. You don't, no, 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 no. First of all, dad got his. He, he, he might eat. He going to eat first. And what's left over, if this belonged to daddy, mom said, I put this away for your daddy, I, I bet you won't go in there and touch it. I bet you won't. Maybe today you would, but not back in them days. <laughs> We're a little more merciful today, amen, but not back in them days. You wouldn't have touched any of it. Are you hearing me this morning? This is what Father God is saying. He told them you can have all these other trees and all these other fruit and all these other things you can enjoy and you can eat of, but what belongs to me, do not eat it. Is that clear? But they failed the test, right? So what was the true test? The true test, I believe, is a true test of honor, obedience, and trust. Or honor, trust, and obedience. That was the true test. It wasn't about what they were doing, 
more than what they were listening to and being obedient to. The Bible says if you are willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. That's Isaiah 1 and 19, right? And so I believe the true test wasn't really about any type of food. The true test was, will you honor what I'm saying to you? Will you trust me? Will you be obedient to me? Way back in the garden, this is what I believe the Lord was saying to them. Amen? Come on, walk with me this morning. We're going to visit some scriptures. In Genesis chapter 4, here is Adam's wife Eve giving birth to two sons. She gave birth to two sons. One was named Cain. One was named Abel. Cain, amen, was a tiller of the ground, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Let's look at verse 3, Genesis 4, and then verse 3. Verse 3 says this. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Verse 4 says, Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. And I put a question there. I put a question mark there. First of all, this is how I think. Who instructed them to bring an offering in the first place? Where did they get their instruction from to bring an offering? Why were they giving an offering to the Lord anyway? Who told them to give an offering to the Lord? Where did this principle come from? I know it doesn't mention in the Bible that God said, give me X, Y, and Z in the beginning. But they had to get it from somewhere for them to operate in such a principle, amen, and then for God to not to, to disapprove of one over the other. Come on now. How can I get disciplined for something I didn't know about? We raised children, right? Dad, I didn't know. I can't hold you accountable for something I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you that, so I can't hold you responsible for you doing it a different way that I had not previously instructed you. I believe somebody has some previous instructions, even though it's not listed. We know the Bible can't contain everything that's written. You know how big God is? Jesus even said, he even said in the scripture that, you know, if everything was written in here, it wouldn't, the book wouldn't be able to contain it. It cannot contain every little thing that was written. But here are, again, some principles, amen, that we should think about. Was it just that, that it was on their heart to give back to the Lord because he had blessed them? I don't know. But Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. Verse 5. But he did not respect Cain's offering. He who? God. God did not respect Cain's offering. And Cain was upset about it. He was very angry. And his countenance failed. You ever, you know, you see people walk around, they're moping. You know something wrong with them. What happened? What's going on? Ain't nothing. All right. No, you're not. You're not all right. You're not all right. Your countenance has fallen. We can see it. It's on your face. What's going on? Talk to me. And that's what God is saying. This is, God is having this conversation with him because he's trying to get him to open up and talk and share what's going on on the inside of him. Because he was so angry. You know, later on, we're not going to read, he ended up killing his brother because of the anger that was on the inside of him. Are you listening to me this morning? We have a lot of young men that are leaving the earth by the droves. Why? Because of anger. 
You know why? Because they're not talking to no one. They're not talking to the right people who can reason with them and help them to understand what you're getting ready to do or to help them think about what's going on. Nobody in their life is like that because they hang out with the same people like them and they think alike. Yeah, let's do it, okay. I used to be like that. I used to be like that. Amen? So, so Cain was upset, mainly upset because God put his offering on display by his disapproval. God disapproved of it. Abel honored God with his offering. Cain gave God what he wanted him to have. You seeing this principle? Cain gave God what he wanted him to have. Abel gave God from the firstlings or the first stock of his offering. Do that sound like tithes a little bit? That's what I see too. They didn't, they didn't mention, they didn't say tithes, but it sounds like somebody told them what they should have been doing. Cain decided to give them what he had left. Well, I'm just going to give you what I have. Now you're upset because God is upset that you did not come correct. You're upset because things not happen the way you want to happen, but God is like, you set it in motion. I didn't do anything. I gave you instructions. You're not following them. I'm bearing witness in my spirit with this stuff right here, right now. Come on, verse 6 says this. So the Lord said to Cain, listen to the counsel that God has given him. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Here's God talking to this young man, taking time out to minister to this young man. Why are you angry? And why is your countenance falling? Listen to this. If you do well, hold on, if you do well, Cain thought he was doing well, but God already knew he must have shared something with him, or maybe the parents did. Because why is God checking this man like that if he had no previous instruction? There has to be some previous instruction for God to be checking him like that. Are you hearing me? And Cain knew that he had received previous instruction. He know he's being disobedient. He know he's not honoring God. He know he's not trusting God. He know it. But God checked him immediately. See, we don't get checked immediately. Delayed gratification. If God checked us immediately, hey amen, I'm telling you, a lot of us will get straight. But we think because God hadn't judged us yet, we got all this time to keep doing whatever we want to do. Because Jesus came, we got grace. But let me show you something. Grace is, throughout, grace is throughout the whole entire Bible, and grace doesn't lower the standard of God, by the way. It raises it. Grace lifts the standard. If you do well, man, if you do what is right. Parents told me if you do what's right, right will follow you. How many of us heard that? You was in the house with me. I knew it. I knew my mom had some more kids. Look, if you do what is right, if you do what is right, he says, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, what lies at the door? Sin, the devil, demons, evil is lying at the door. Paul said it this way in, uh, in uh, Romans chapter 7 and verse 21 says, evil is always present when you're trying to do right. 
Evil is always present. When you're trying to do something right, when you're trying to move in the right direction, make the right decisions, do the right thing, evil is always present. You just have to ignore it. Yeah, okay. Oh, well. Yeah, I know your little butt here. I ain't following you. I'm following the Lord. I'm still going to do what's right. I'm still going to honor the Lord. I'm still going to trust the Lord. I'm still going to be obedient, regardless. Because the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, that says, uh, no temptation has overtaken you such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape. Every time you attempt the you and I, God has a way of escape. Every time you're tempted to do evil, there is another door you can go through. You just got to look for it. You just got to look for it. It's always present. There's always another way, but you got to look for it because evil is always present. And God is sharing this principle a long time ago with Cain who, was, who hadn't killed his brother yet. Who hadn't killed him yet. Letting him know, man, listen, if you do right, if you do well, verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do, if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Sin is lying at the door. And its desire is for you. It's waiting on you. Sin, evil, is waiting on you. It's plotting on you. Plotting on you to do the wrong thing. It lies at the door and it's a desire for you. But you should what? Rule over it. Why is sin run, running our life? When the Bible said we can rule over it. So you should rule over sin, man. Whew. It's obvious that Cain chose to, chose to give God what he wanted him to have, despite some previous instructions. Are you following me this morning? I'm not trying to coerce you or manipulate you into doing something you don't want to do. I'm talking to KL partners. My assignment is, and my wife's assignment is to teach the word of God, amen. Most of the time when we are offended, amen, at the pastor is because of the word. And your offense is really not with the pastor, it's with God. What you, what you say last week about God? What's your beef with God? Oh, my goodness. Get this CD from last week if y'all won't hear. What's your beef with God? You think you beefing with me? You beef with me. What's your beef with God? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our assignment as pastors to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Come on, let's keep reading in Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. Are y'all getting some out of this so far? I, I know I'm slow walking you. Hey, man, hey, it's going to be all right, though, right? You good? Hey, man, praise God. <laughs> now the Lord said, now the Lord said this to Abram. So Abram is another character, hey, man, in this, in this big family that we have. He told Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. God will never call you away from your family unless they jacked up paganistic idol worshipers, devil worshipers. He, he's not going to, but you know why? Because he's a family man. God is all about family, but he will call you out of your family. If he knows he has an assignment for your life, and he knows if you keep hanging around this family, they're going to corrupt you. You're going to fall, you're going to fail, and your future is going to look like theirs if I don't get you away from them. 
Other than that, you should be raised by your family. You should be in your family's house. That's the safest place for you, except this family was jacked up. This family worshiped idols. And God said, if I'm going to save the lineage that I have prepared, I got to get my son out of here. Then the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse, verse 2, and I underline this in my Bible. He says, I will. Ooh, that's strong words for God. I will and I shall. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will, verse 3, bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you. Better watch out. Keep your mouth off the believers, baby. Don't try to curse believers, you understand, because we're already blessed. And you can't curse what God has blessed. Not a witch, not a warlock, not all this mystical, magical foolishness that's in the earth today. You cannot come against the people of God that know who they are. God said, I will bless them that bless you and curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. You and I, as believers, we're destined for blessing. People come to church and they don't understand rich. Oh, no, 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 no. No, I didn't take a vow of poverty when I came into the kingdom. I didn't. No, I took a, I took a vow of being rich when I came into the kingdom. Not rich off your money. Rich off of the principles that's found in God's word. Y'all real quiet right now. Y'all real quiet right now. See, see that's good, though, because I locate you when you do that. I locate you when you do that. Because this is a teaching ministry, and I want to teach you something so you understand. Listen to me. What don't belongs to me don't belongs to me. Are you hearing me? Do y'all know my past? Some of y'all, right? You know where I came from, right? And you think I want to go back? No. <laughs> Y'all don't want to go back to jail, back to homelessness, back to smoking crack, back to gang banging and carjacking and all. You, you, yeah, go, want me to go back to that? Walk in the streets with every gun you can think of. I'm not going back, whether you think so or not. It didn't matter. I'm just saying that. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I have a wife and three kids, you understand? And a God that loves me so much. What I'm trying to tell you is this. It's erroneous thinking to make you think that the pastor, all they want is your money. What I'm trying to tell you is we live by the same principles that you live by. It's okay to be rich. We're raising up 14 millionaires in this church. Why? Not just so we can walk around. Look. Because I don't have to be a millionaire to live in the best, to drive the best, to wear the best, or sleep with the best. I don't have to be a millionaire to do that. I'm already there. I can buy what I want. I can live where I want. I'm already there. That status is to be a blessing. That status is for kingdom advancement. It has nothing to do with me personally. Are you hearing me this morning? That status is not for to just walk around like I got this and got that. That's not the reason. That's not the purpose. Remember, our motto here is advancing what? God's kingdom, one life at a time. Have you looked around to see what's needed in this city? 
Do you see the needs? Do you see what's needed in our schools, our public schools? Do you see the need? It takes money, and guess what? It's so much red tape out here, amen, that, that most of the money that comes down is tied up in politics. But the church, we don't play politic games. We love people, whether they go for the donkey, whether they ride the donkey, or they ride the elephant, or the horse, or the bunny, or who. <laughs> I don't care who you stand with. You a believer, we should be standing on the same team. Move on, Pastor, because, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. So all the families in the earth shall be blessed. You are destined to be blessed in the earth. God is not a man that he would lie. Come on, all right, Genesis, verse 14, verse 14, verse 14. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Verse Genesis 13, Genesis 13. Let me say this first out of Galatians. Galatians uh, chapter 3 and 14 says the blessing, write that down and just go read it later. It said that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. You and I, we were the Gentiles, that the blessing of Abraham may fall or may come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ adopted us into the kingdom. We're, we're in the kingdom by adoption. And so we have just as many rights as the original sons. Now, whether we're the true sons of Israel, you know, that stuff don't mean Jack or Jill. You understand? It doesn't. People want to focus on things because they want to be smarter than you. Education or, or, or um, knowledge only puffs up. It only puffs your pride up. That's all. Standing around debating, talking about whether, I'm, whether Africans was here, whether we was born there. Or di- That's foolishness. Did you get anybody saved today? Is anybody else going to heaven besides you? Do you know Jesus? We get caught up in the wrong things. And that's what causes young people to stray because they're watching our fickle lives those that came before them. Fickle lives. Genesis 13, 14 through 17. It says, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Now, now Lot was Abraham's nephew, brother. Amen. He was his uncle's child. Amen. (laughs) Look, the Bible early on says they were very rich. Abraham was very rich. That's our rich uncle, y'all. (laughs) <laughs> no, Abraham was very rich in cattle and, and land and all these kind of things, and so was Lot. And so that's what happened prior to this. Prior to this, they had separated. You understand all that? Y'all look at me like, man, get the verse, get verse 2 of that, verse 2. Can y'all get that real quick? Get verse 2 real quick, real, real, real quick, real quick. Let's just read verse 2, Then we'll go back. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver, and gold. Abram, Abram, our uncle. Look, the blessing flow from Abraham. His name is not Abraham yet. His name changed later on. We got a young church. We call, you all hear me say Abram, Abraham. God, Abram means father of none. Abraham means father of many. You understand? So he changed his name to speak destiny to him. So every time they called him, they called destiny in place. That's why your name is important. We have a baby dedication today. The name is important. The name is important because I'm calling something in you or out of you or calling you into something. Yeah, go to six and seven real quick. That's it. I'm sorry. Go to to six and seven. I don't want to leave them hanging right there. 
Now, the land was not able to support them because they had so much money, they had so much wealth, that land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. They, they had so much wealth that they couldn't dwell together. They couldn't, we couldn't, we could, the land couldn't hold us. And so for their possession was so great that they could not, okay, right, verse 7. And it says, and there was strife. There was strife. They began to beef. Not Abraham and Lot, but between their people. They was beefing. They had strife between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. The Canaanites, Perizzites, the dwelling land. Okay, great. Go back to 14. Let's go to 14. Just want to catch y'all up real quick. And then the Lord said to Abram, and after Lot and them separated, after they separated, he said, lift your eyes up and look from the place where you are. I just want to pause there real quick. Look from the place where you are. So many times we only look at where we are. And we don't look from where we are to where God has taken us. And so we get stuck in looking at because all we see is where we are. And God knew that with Abram. So he's teaching a principle, not just to him, to us. He's teaching a principle right here that, Abram, I don't need you to look at what you're looking at. See, you're looking around and you're seeing that you don't have a child. And you're saying, how am I going to do all of what you're talking about, God? Stop looking at where you are. I need you to look from where you are to where I'm taking you, to where you're going to be. This is how you get your marriage straight. This is how you get your finances right. This is how you believe God for your children. Stop looking at where they are. See them somewhere else. Look and see them serving. See them in the kingdom. See them loving their neighbor. See them forgiving. See them. You got to see them somewhere else. Stop limiting them by speaking at them from where they are. Y'all got that for free this morning. That was free. Totally free this morning. Had to throw that in there for you. He's teaching Abram a very important principle that each of us should take notice. Now he began to tell him where to look. Northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Verse 16 again. And I will, I will again, make your descendants as the dust of the earth. What? So that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. And verse 17 says, Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Abraham out there is walking around. God had to show him a picture. He had to show him a picture. And if you kept reading that, then he, he had to tell him, look, look at the stars, Abraham. You see the stars? You see how star it is out here tonight? You see all those stars? That's, that's how many children, that's, that's your descendants right there. He need to give him a picture so he, can, so he can see it in his mind or in his imagination. He needed to see where he was going. And so many times, this is where vision comes from. This is where we begin to plant and be impregnated with stuff. But there's a method and there's a way that we have to see it. So now Abraham's nephew Lot had got, has got taken. He got captured. He's got captured. Because he, he saw this land, he saw Sodom, he saw Gomorrah, he wanted this beautiful land, he saw it, it looked good, he said, I'm going, I'm going to go hang out over here. And so he got taken by some, some people that came to, to rob them and all that, some kings. And so Abraham, he took his trained soldiers from his own house, there's over 300 of them, to go rescue him. So let's look at Genesis 14, uh, I'll start reading at verse 15. 
he divided his forces, it's talking about Abraham, he divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shava, that is, the king's valley, after his return from the de- defeat of Kedolomer, uh, yeah, whatever that is, and the kings who were with him. Verse 18 says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. So Melchizedek, he was a priest of God. He represented Christ symbolically. He had no beginning, had no end. Nobody knew his parents. You understand? You can't find this character in the Bible. We don't, they don't, we don't know where he came from. So he's a symbol of the coming Christ. He's a symbol of the coming Christ. Verse 19 says, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God's most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. This is what Melchizedek spoke over Abraham. And then Abraham did something for the first time recorded in the Bible 400, over 400 and some years before the law came into action, which God gave Moses the actual, you know, the Ten Commandments and all those kind of things. Before all of that happened, here is Abram, he gave a what? Tithe of all. He gave a tithe of all. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, tithing is under the law, pastor. Nobody ever said that to me. They may have said it, though, before. I've heard people say tithing is under the law. Tithing is not under the law. Why? Because the law hasn't even came into place yet. According to the scripture, not according to what I'm saying, speculating or making up, according to what we just read, what, what all of us just read, Tithing is before the law. Tithing is not under the law. We don't tithe because of a commandment. You understand? We don't tithe out of religious obligation. Amen. We tithe out of love. We tithe out of honor. We tithe out of trust and obedience. The very thing that God spoke in the beginning when he was dealing with Adam and Eve. When he told them not to eat something. Don't touch what belongs to me. So we don't tithe because of some type of, you know, being beat over the head with something. But we tithe because of our love for God because we understand. I talked about maturity earlier. We understand as mature Christians, amen, that the things that's going to happen in the kingdom is going to be taken care of by people in the kingdom. Why do people be in the kingdom and not want to support the kingdom? That makes no sense. That makes no sense. It makes no sense at all to be a part of something, to be fed by something, but yet don't want to support it. You know, when I grew up in my house, my mom had a list on the refrigerator. I think that was our time growing up because we had duties. I'm talking about this. Monday you do this. Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, it was seven days a week, bro. Now, we had responsibilities. Why? In the house. How can I sleep, eat, lay around, do whatever I want to do, and not feel some type of responsibility for the people that are taking care of me, that are watching over my soul, which was my parents at the time. You're a partner of Kingdom Life Church. We believe in God for 100% tithe payers 
and offering givers here at Kingdom Life Church. If you're a partner of Kingdom Life Church, you should be tithing. Are you hearing me this morning? So, so my question is, why did Abraham do it? Just like I said in the beginning with Cain, why did he do it? Why did he do it? Abram, he appreciated God's favor because he went up against all these kings and destroyed them and took and plundered all their goods, got his nephew back, got their wives back, took everything back. He was so blessed by, by the ability to do that that he just said, you know what, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to give God back part of what I just did. So every week or whenever I get paid from the time I learn how to tithe, I always break God off something first. Well, I didn't have enough to tithe, Pastor, is because you didn't break God off something first. Because when you give God something first, you always have enough to tithe. The problem is, let me go back to it again, honor, trust, and obedience. From the beginning, honor, trust, and obedience. You have an honor problem, you have a trust problem, and you have an obedience problem. Seek first the kingdom of God. First. You don't trust that God is going to take care of you when you take care of him. What? You don't believe God Almighty that owns everything, the cattle on a thousand hills, the earth is the Lord, the fullness there. That God, the God that's going to take you from immortality to immortality, the God that's going to bring you to heaven and have you walking on streets paved. No, no, not paved. Made of gold. No paving companies up there. Made of gold, transparent gold, not the fake stuff we wear, transparent gold, real deal stuff, pearls and jewels and all that. And we don't trust him in the earth to, listen, to advance his kingdom? This is about advancing his kingdom. You ain't advancing us. Please don't think you're advancing us. You advance in the kingdom. We just happen to be the stewards here. It could have been Mickey and Minnie. It don't matter who the stewards were. They would there be the stewards God put in place. We're going to get Mickey saved first, you understand? Get that mouth saved. All right, okay. Yeah. No, but he, he appreciated God's favor. Got a great start. He appreciated God's favor, and he gave up something of value to honor the one who had helped him get the victory. He appreciated the victory, and so he gave something of value from himself because he knew that he couldn't do it by himself. Abraham or Abram didn't do it because of a law or a commandment. It was out of his love. It was out of his honor. It was out of his appreciation. I'm, I'm going to read this right here, then I'm going to stop. Guess <clears throat> y'all give me about a couple more minutes or something. But anyway, all right, let Reverend Bill Miller said this. I'm going to go ahead and stop. Reverend Bill Miller said this. I got seven weeks, six more now. Uh, let's see. He says, an honoring, listen to this, an honoring occurs when something that is of value to the one doing the giving is freely or voluntarily given to someone as a sacrificial gesture of thanksgiving or appreciation. 
I'm going to read it again. Reverend Bill said this, Reverend Bill Miller, he says, an honoring, an honoring occurs when something that is of value to the one doing the giving is freely or voluntarily given to someone as a sacrificial gesture of thanksgiving or appreciation. My question again this morning, is God worthy to be highly esteemed for what he has done and what he is still doing in your life? Look, to, to the degree that you will specifically honor him and appreciate him by returning back to him what he's asking us. Because now we have a clear statement in the book of Malachi what we should be doing. I mean, because I could, I, could, I, could, I could go to Isaac, where Isaac sold. I can go to Jacob, where Jacob gave a tenth of his all. All the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the same thing. And then Joseph was the one that, I mean, Jacob the one birthed the 12 sons, who later would be the, the 12 tribes of Israel. And then doing that whole dissertation, everything. Then the law came and all that kind of stuff. But all this happened prior to the law because God is trying to get us on a different economic system. Because the system of this world is going to crash. You look out here, if you trust the stock market, I, I, what? The stock market going up and down. Stuff is going up and down, all that. I can't put my eyes on the stock market, but I can't put my eyes on the kingdom. Because the Bible says that some will receive 30, 60, and 100 fold according to how you give. And that's what I want to really bring out throughout this teaching. I want to show you and I want to give you faith for increase. I don't care what it looks like outside. We know it's going to get dark. We know it's going to rain. We know it's going to storm eventually. But if we can keep our eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, he is going to keep you strong when you should be weak. Are you hearing me? You're going to be praising them when you feel like sitting down and moaning and groaning. I'm telling you, but it's going to be relative to you staying and keeping your eyes in the book. Let me say this last statement. If it was that way, I'm talking about what I just said. If it was this way before the law, how much more should we be esteemed under the new covenant, which is a better covenant? We're up under a better covenant now. We're up under a new covenant now. That's right. Let's stop right there. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If the Holy Spirit has convicted or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, then email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kingdomlifeva. Thank you for listening, and be sure to subscribe so you can hear more messages like this.